It's Friday, October the 1st, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Democrats feud over spending and Sarkozy to appeal against verdict. First, the world in brief. Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, was forced to postpone a Thursday night vote on a $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill. Her Democratic Party's leftish contingent refused to support it without assurances about its sibling, a $3.5 trillion social spending bill. A couple of right-leaning Democratic congressmen opposed that bill's size. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia said he would never support more than $1.5 trillion. President Joe Biden, meanwhile, managed to enact a stopgap measure to avert a federal shutdown, at least until December 3rd. Stock markets in America sank on Thursday, capping a volatile month as investors weighed the likelihood of continued supply chain disruptions, higher inflation, a default by Evergrande, and tapering by the Federal Reserve. The S&P 500 closed down more than 4% in September, its first monthly decline since January, and its worst performance in over a year. Still, the index was up by about 16% year-to-date. Shareholders at Five9, a customer management platform, rejected Zoom's $14.7 billion attempt at a takeover, probably spelling an end to the video conferencing behemoth's bedraggled courtship. American regulators had already expressed worries over the potential deal, citing national security considerations to do with Zoom's perceived coziness with the Chinese government. North Korea continued its recent spate of provocative weapons tests, firing an anti-aircraft missile. Over the past weeks, it has also tested new crews, ballistic and hypersonic missiles. America, Britain and France have called a UN Security Council meeting for Friday to discuss North Korea's accelerating arms program. Nicolas Sarkozy, France's former president, said he would appeal against a conviction and one-year sentence for exceeding electoral spending limits during his failed re-election campaign in 2012. Regardless of the outcome, he will probably evade jail. A judge said Mr Sarkozy could serve his sentence under house arrest. He was found guilty in a separate corruption case in March. Ethiopia ordered the expulsion of seven United Nations officials after the UN warned that the government's continuing blockade of aid to the civil war-torn Tigray region could trigger a humanitarian disaster. The UN says nearly half a million Tigrayans are on the brink of famine. The Ethiopian government accused it of meddling and accused its aid workers of helping the rebels. A judge in Britain sentenced Wayne Cousins to life in prison for kidnapping, raping and murdering Sarah Everard. The case has triggered outrage at the London Metropolitan Police in which he was serving as a police officer at the time and the treatment of women in Britain. On Wednesday, the court heard that Mr Cousins abducted Miss Everard in March under the guise of arresting her. And fact of the day, 40%. The share of women unsure about what exactly a cervix is, according to one survey.
And now, here's today's agenda. Rise and fall. Inflation in Europe. Inflation in the euro area has risen sharply this year as energy prices have surged and economies have rebounded from recession. The trend is likely to continue when the preliminary index of consumer prices in September is released on Friday. Headline inflation will probably rise to well over 3%, driven up by expensive gas and oil. Even core inflation, which excludes those prices as well as food, may nudge up against the European Central Bank's 2% target. Economists around the world are trying to work out whether the current burst of global inflation is likely to persist. Before the pandemic, the euro area's problem was below target inflation. Most forecasters still expect it to return to that state before long. Its price surge this year has not been as striking as in America, with a 13-year high of 5.4% in June and July, where the economy has had greater fiscal stimulus. But rising wage demands in Germany, where in September inflation reached a 24-year record of 4.1%, and a rebound in inflation expectations to their pre-pandemic levels, have hawks worried nonetheless. Golden Ticket China's National Holiday On Friday, China observes its National Day, celebrating the formal establishment of the People's Republic on October 1st, 1949. A flag-raising ceremony will take place in Tiananmen Square. Streets will be decorated with flowers and red lanterns, symbolising luck and happiness, and lit up with fireworks. The National Day also marks the beginning of a, quote, golden week, one of the week-long public holidays. Many use it to travel. In 2020, around 630 million people visited other areas of the country, generating $68.6 billion in tourism revenue. The government encouraged what state media dubbed, quote, revenge tourism, to boost the economy after coronavirus lockdowns and restrictions. This year, some 650 million holidaymakers are expected. The period is also a boon for the film industry. During the equivalent Golden Week in 2020, cinemas sold nearly 100 million tickets, grossing $580 million. This year, the battle at Lake Shangjing, dramatising a skirmish between Chinese and American forces during the Korean War, will capitalise on the current patriotic mood. Back to the future. Dubai's Expo 2020. The highlight of Expo 2020 may be a reminder of pre-pandemic life. On Friday, Dubai opened a World Expo, delayed for a year because of COVID-19. In their heyday, such events offered a chance to see life-changing inventions. The first, held in London in 1851, showed off the latest steam engines, the Chicago World's Fair in 1893 was a showcase for electricity. New York's, 70 years later, unveiled computers and other gizmos. But Dubai's Expo, which runs until April 2022, will be mostly a showcase for Dubai. The government spent $7 billion on construction projects. 
it hopes for 25 million visitors and that it may inspire some of them to set up businesses or buy homes in the Emirate, boosting an economy slowed by the pandemic and an oil price dip. The Emirates' recovery has already started. Property values in the United Arab Emirates' largest cities are growing at the fastest rate since 2015. Dubai has also managed the pandemic with few restrictions. Businesses are open, bars full and cases low. For all the glitzy pavilions, many visitors may revel in the feeling of normality. Say cheese. Halloumi gets EU protection. Cheesemakers across Cyprus have something to smile about. The island's treasured cheese, halloumi, will hit shelves as a product of protected designation of origin, PDO, on Friday. This means only the cheese made on the island can be sold in the European Union under that name. The decision will also apply to producers in the breakaway Republic of Northern Cyprus, occupied by Turkey since 1974, where the cheese, salty, rubbery and best served grill, is known as helim. Prospects for the island's reunification are dim. Negotiations between Greek and Turkish Cypriots collapsed in 2017, though informal talks have been held since. The hardline Turkish Cypriot leader, Ersin Tata, insists the only way forward is a two-state solution. At a meeting in New York this week, Mr. Tata and Nikos Anastasiades, president of the internationally recognised Republic of Cyprus, found no common ground. At least the PDO decision gave them something to chew over. Footnotes How technology can help to deliver cleaner, greener food. John Fassman, our America Digital Editor, explains in the latest Technology Quarterly how technology can transform food production making it markedly less cruel to animals, the environment and workers. John began his research with something comprehensive, a book, technically food, that examines the way in which Silicon Valley is trying to change the existing food system. The author, Larissa Zimbarov, expects tech-driven food innovation to change the world for the better. The Good Food Institute, a non-profit group that promotes sustainable alternatives to animal products, offers detailed explanations of the science behind fermentation, cultivated meat and plant-based meat. GFI helped with one of the biggest challenges John faced in this report, how to filter out the promotional hype of entrepreneurs without being cynical. As climate change worsens, rethinking the global food system grows more urgent. Carbon Brief, a British website focused on climate policy, published an engaging interactive that uses charts and aerial images to show how eating meat and dairy affects the climate. Though it is a relatively new concept in the West, plant-based meat has been thriving in Greater China for centuries. The current version has roots in ancient traditions and religious habits, but has been modernised by technologies such as gene editing. Follow John on Twitter to read more of his work. Finally, here's the quote of the day from E.B. White, who died on this day 
1985. Always be on the lookout for the presence of wonder. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.